Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in.
Yeah. Good morning. Welcome to church. You know, my name is Tony. If you're new here, a very special welcome as we dive into another week of our Battle of the Bands series. And if you've been here the last few weeks, it's not really a battle of the bands, right? It's more like a battle of the songs. And after you hear this song, we know who the winner is, right? <laughs> this song's at the top. Anyway, if you're not familiar with that song, that song is Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. That song came out in 1985. And what we've learned in this message series so far is that music can really transport you to a different time in your life. Music can take you back to a good time or a bad time. And every time I hear this song, it takes me right back to high school. Do you have a song that takes you back to your high school years? Yeah, most people do. High school's a, a pretty influential time in people's lives. High school was a big deal for me. Not because I was a great student, because I wasn't. Not because I was some super athlete, because I wasn't, although I thought I could have been. But high school is when I met my wife. High school is where I got my driver's license, got my first car, had my first job. High school is where I made a lot of my friends, some of the same friends I have today. And high school is where I got to listen to some great music, in my opinion, some of the greatest music, like everybody wants to rule the world. But see, sometimes songs can be deceiving. Sometimes you can think a song means one thing and it means something else. When I first heard this song back in high school, I didn't know what this song meant. It was just kind of a good cruising song. Back in high school, I had a, an Oldsmobile. It was a four-door Oldsmobile. It was blue. It had a big bench seat, a blue cloth interior with a big bench seat. Remember those days where you could put your arm around your girlfriend and you could drive? I mean, this car was like a tank. You could fit like 12 people in this car. But when I used to hear this song in high school, you just would crank it up and just drive. It was like that kind of song. But this song was written about the wanting for power between countries. This song was actually about temptation, the temptation to rule, the temptation to have it all. Believe it or not, the original name for this song was Everybody Wants to Go to War. It's true. And lucky for us, they changed the name or we probably would have never heard this song on the radio. But just listen to some of these lyrics. I'm going to read some of the lyrics to this song. We're going to put them up on the screen. Song starts out, welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to rule the world. Next verse. It's my own design, my own remorse. Help me to decide, help me make the most of freedom and of pleasure, nothing ever lasts forever. Everybody wants to rule the world. And the last line we're going to look at, it says, there's a room where the light won't find you, holding hands while the walls come tumbling down. When they do, 
I'll be right behind you. Those are some pretty powerful lyrics. It's my own design, my own remorse. Or how about this one? There's a room where the light won't find you. This song is really about all of us. We all have to deal with temptation. We all have to struggle with being tempted. And you know, there's not a lot of things in life that you can guarantee, but I'm gonna guarantee something for you this morning. You're never gonna get too old. You're never gonna get too strong. You're never gonna be too good not to be tempted. Because temptation's nothing new. Temptation's been around since the beginning of time. The Bible is filled with examples of people that face temptation. Eve, in the beginning of time, Eve was tempted in the garden. If you remember the story of Joseph, we talk about Joseph a bunch of times here at church, Joseph and his brothers. Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife. All of the apostles faced temptation. And just some to come to mind, Thomas, Judas, Peter. Thomas was tempted by doubt. Judas was tempted by greed. And Peter, Peter was tempted by pride. Jesus said to Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, oh no, Lord, not me. I am your most faithful. I'll never deny you. But he did. These were the people handpicked by Jesus. And when it came to temptation, they failed. So if you're here this morning and you're struggling with something, just know you're not alone. Can you remember the last time that you were tempted by something? Maybe last week, maybe this morning. And I know in a, in a group like this, somebody's sitting here saying, you know what, I never get tempted. Look, I'm on a low-carb diet, and I was tempted by the bagels this morning. So trust me, it's okay. We're all going to have to deal with temptation. That's why this morning, it's not about if you're going to be tempted. This morning, the question is, how are you going to deal with it? Because there's only two ways you can deal with it. You can give in to it, which a lot of times we do, or you can understand what's behind it and you can learn how to resist. Because you can resist. You do have a choice. There's always a way out. The Apostle Paul tells us in Corinthians, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So even though everybody's going to face a different temptation, Paul lets us know that we're not going to face anything out of the ordinary. And God's never going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But here's the important part. When you face temptation, God will always give you a way out if you want it. You just have to look for it. And the way we do that is we have to look at the only one who conquered it. 
and that's Jesus. Now this morning, we're going to look at a passage of Jesus' temptation, but before we do, the Bible tells us in Luke, Matthew, and Mark that Jesus was tempted by the devil three times, and he resisted each and every time. And we learn that temptation is a tool that the devil uses to turn us from God. It makes us focus on what we want and not what God wants for you. And I know you might be sitting here today and you want to tune out because maybe you don't even believe the devil is real. Or maybe you don't even identify as a believer. Just stick with me for a second. I'm not looking to convince you this morning that the devil is real. But you have to admit something. You too have to deal with temptation. You too have to deal with that strong desire to do something that usually ends with negative consequences. So just stick with me for a second because temptation ultimately looks to lead us to sin. And by the way, being tempted is not a sin. The sin occurs when we give in to temptation. Look at temptation like a test. Just like the trials in our lives test our faith, temptations also test our trust in God. Now, we're going to look this morning, as I said, in Jesus' temptations, but we're going to look at a version that we don't often look at here at the church called the message version. The reason I love this version is because everywhere the word temptation appears, the message version uses the word test. Because I think if we look at temptation as a test, it's much easier to overcome. So just to give you a little bit of context before we get into these verses, Right before these verses, Jesus has been baptized. He's baptized in the Jordan River. He receives the Holy Spirit. It's the start of his ministry, and he's immediately taken into the wilderness. And that's where we're going to pick up in the Bible right now. This is Matthew 4 in the message version. Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for the test. The devil was ready to give it. Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. That left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of in the first test. I just want to pause for a quick second. Why does Matthew have to tell us that Jesus was in a state of extreme hunger? He hadn't eaten in 40 days. I know people that haven't eaten in four hours, let alone 40 days, who are hungry. That might be the most obvious statement in the Bible. Matthew puts that in there so that the reader would understand that Jesus was human. Jesus wasn't God. Jesus was man when he faced these temptations. The author of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is tempted every way that we are tempted. That's why he puts that in there so you would understand he was a man. I'll continue. Since you are God's son... Speak the word that will turn these stones into loaves of bread. Jesus answered by quoting Deuteronomy. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. For the second test, the devil took him to the holy city. He sat him on top of the temple and said, Since you are God's son, jump. The devil goaded him by quoting Psalm 91. He has placed you in the care of angels. They will catch you so that you won't so much as stub your toe on a stone. 
Jesus countered with another citation from Deuteronomy. Don't you dare test the Lord your God. For the third test, the devil took him to the peak of a huge mountain. He gestured expansively, pointing out, out all the earth's kingdoms, how glorious they all were. Then he said, they're yours. Lock, stock, and barrel. Just go down on your knees and worship me, and they're yours. Jesus' refusal was curt. Beat it, Satan. He backed his rebuke with a third quotation from Deuteronomy. Worship the Lord your God and only him. Serve him with absolute single-heartedness. Every time Jesus was tempted, he turns to God's word. So where temptation looks to turn us away from God, Jesus shows us that the way to battle temptation is to focus on God. Focus on what God wants for your life. And I know it sounds easier than it is. Have you ever thought about this? Think about the things that tempt you. Social media, maybe your phone, the internet. When you think about the things that tempt you, do you ever notice it always comes in an attractive package? Yeah, that's why it's tempting. We're not tempted by things we don't like. Anybody ever tempted to eat a food they didn't like? No. And usually, when it comes, it comes like it did for Jesus. It comes when you're alone, or you're hungry, or you feel like something's missing. You're craving something. You're craving food or attention or companionship. What are you craving this morning? Is there something that you feel like you're missing? Is there a part of your life that maybe you need to get rid of because it's tempting you? Do you feel alone? Because that's when you're the most vulnerable. Has this ever happened to you? Two o'clock in the afternoon, you got to go somewhere, you're with your family, friends. You go to a traffic light, and it's a long traffic light, and you're wondering why it's not changing. You're probably not tempted to go through. But at two in the morning, you're alone, and you're tired. You got to get home. You look to your left and right, and there's nobody around. Maybe you look for a camera. Have you ever been tempted to go through the light? Or maybe you've gone through the light? We could all relate to that. Look, the Bible tells us there's three things in life that we're tempted by. In church world, it's the lust of the flesh, it's the lust of the eyes, and it's the pride of life. It's the cravings of the physical pleasure. It's the cravings of the things that we see. And it's our pride. Our pride in our own achievements and our own possessions. And I'm not going to go into those deep this morning. We can look at that another time. But what all three of those mean is that you're living your life for the things of this world. And you're not living your life for God. 
And in the end, whatever you're living for, that's what controls your life. Because trust me, it would be much easier if we could see temptation, right? If temptation was the way they portray it on TV, good and evil on your shoulders, talking into your ear, if it was like that in real life, we could just push evil aside, right? But that's not reality. In life, temptation is much less obvious. Temptation sneaks up on you. There's no alarms. It just seems like a good idea at the time, right? You ever heard that one before? It seemed like a good idea. See, when we think of temptations, in our minds, we're always thinking of the big things. It's lying. It's cheating. It's adultery. But for most of us, we're tempted by life. We're tempted by things like money. And it's not always about having money. Have you ever been tempted to spend money you didn't have? Yeah, my daughter was here earlier. She knows that one. How about gossip? Ever been tempted to talk behind somebody's back? What about food? Ever been tempted to eat something that you knew wasn't good for you? Yeah, I'm guilty of that one. That one happened to me pretty recently. You know, I don't know if it's... Growing up in the 80s was a different time. And when I was growing up, we always ate dinner as a family. Like, we couldn't eat dinner in my house until my dad got home from work. Whatever the time was, it didn't even matter. He got home at 8 o'clock, that's when we ate dinner. And I don't know if it was an Italian thing, but after dinner, we always, always had dessert. And in my house, it was always ice cream. Always. Like, I'm talking ice cream seven days a week. And that's where my love of ice cream started. Like, I like ice cream so much, I'm the type of person that eats ice cream right out of the container. I don't use a bowl, I use a container. My wife and kids know that I have a very hard time stopping. Like, when I start eating ice cream, I can't stop. Pistachio, by the way, in case you're wondering what my favorite ice cream is, it's pistachio. But as I've gotten older, what I want most is to be healthy. I want to lose weight. Now, you might be looking at me saying, well, you don't look like you're overweight, and I'm not overweight, but here's something you probably don't know about me. I'm a kidney donor. I donated a kidney to my father back in 2013, and because of that, the heavier I am, the harder it is on my kidney. So I have a standing rule in my house because ice cream's not the healthiest thing for me. My rule to my wife is don't buy ice cream because she knows how I get. So a few weeks back, I'm uh, on my couch. I'm watching the Yankee game like I normally do. My wife was upstairs doing something. My kids were out and about doing whatever they're doing. And all of a sudden, by like the second inning, I get this thought in my head for ice cream. And I couldn't even tell you where it came from. It just popped in my head. There wasn't a commercial on. It just popped in my head. I went back to watching the game. Everything was fine. Like two innings later, it pops in again. Ice cream. And I say to myself, you know what? We probably don't even have ice cream. My wife loves me so much, she wouldn't even buy ice cream. And I go back to watching the game. By the time I get to the sixth inning, the middle of the sixth inning, 
I just say to myself, you know what, I gotta check, I gotta know. And I go into the kitchen, and I open up the freezer, and I'm right. We have no ice cream. We have gelato, <laughs> pistachio gelato, a big container of pistachio gelato. So she got me on a technicality. So like so many before me, I have willpower. I grab a spoon, I'm gonna open up this new container. But something goes on in the game, and I run back into the den, not realizing I'm still holding the gelato and the spoon. <laughs> and at that moment, I say to myself, you know what? I want this. And by the time the inning was over, I ate the whole container. <laughs> like 3,000 calories, and I feel terrible. Now, in my defense, it was a very long Yankee inning. The Yankees scored like five runs, but I felt horrible. I didn't feel horrible when I was eating it. When I was eating it, it's, what exactly, it's exactly what I wanted. But afterwards, I felt terrible. And it takes me right back to this song. It's my own design, my own remorse. There's a room where the light won't find you. I did it to myself. Me. I wanted it. I was remorseful, but I was alone where no one can see me. When you think about this morning, all the regrets you have in life, the people you wish you didn't hurt, the words you wish you didn't say, the places you wish you didn't go, it's usually because you didn't handle your temptation. And the way to handle it is to know that temptation is real. It's not a myth. Temptation is real. Expect it. Don't leave temptation hanging around. Don't think that you're some sort of super Christian and you won't be tempted. The moment you think like that, you're inviting it. Don't think that you can battle it on your own. Focus on God. Don't walk that fine line. And some of you might know exactly what I'm talking about. It starts with a simple idea, right? Let me see what they're doing on social media. Let me send them a quick message just to say, hey, haven't talked to you in a while. It's not going to end well. Eventually, you will give in. When you feel like temptation is starting to come in your life, take a moment and pause. Take a step back. Ask yourself this. When I look back on this tomorrow, how am I going to feel? Is what I'm about to do today going to hurt me or the people I care about? Don't wait until you're in the middle of a huge situation to start to think how to handle it. Prepare yourself today. James tells us that Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Temptation 
pulls you away from what you want most to what you want now. Temptation pulls you away from what you want most and makes you focus on what you want now. What I want most is to be healthy, but temptation pulled me to what I want now. And I know these little temptations in life don't seem like a big deal. And we're all going to fall short. But those temptations that we give into, they make us feel okay with focusing on what we want when they're really meant to test us. They're meant to prepare us for when the big temptations come in your life. So this morning when you leave, focus each and every day on what God wants for your life and you'll be prepared when temptation comes. Amen? Amen. Amen. Join us next week. we got two more weeks of this series. We're going to go a little deeper next week. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning, as always, to worship you, to praise your name. Father, this morning, give us clarity. Give us wisdom to see the way out that you've provided when we're tempted. And Lord, I pray this morning for each and every one of us that we would have strength to turn to your word during our darkest hours, that we would remember your promise, Lord, to lead us not into temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone, and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.